The Bible Study Podcast, episode 583. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the kings of Judah with 2 Kings 19. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We continue on with 2 Kings 19. You may remember that we left King Hezekiah, a really, really good king, possibly better than King David in the sense that King Hezekiah hasn't screwed up in the way that David has yet, and he removed the high places and he's faithful to God. And we left him in a tough situation where the people of Assyria were saying, we're going to conquer you or you can surrender and we'll take you away, either one your choice. And this chapter, fortunately, is named Jerusalem's Deliverance Foretold. When King Hezekiah heard this, he tore his clothes and put on sackcloth and went into the temple of the Lord. He sent Eliakim, the palace administrator, Shebna, the secretary, and the leading priests, all wearing sackcloth, to the prophet Isaiah, son of Amoz. They told him, this is what Hezekiah says, This day is a day of distress and rebuke and disgrace, as when children come to the moment of birth, and there is no strength to deliver them. It may be that the Lord your God will hear all the words of the field commander whom his master, the king of Assyria, has sent to ridicule the living God, and that he will rebuke him for the words the Lord your God has heard. Therefore pray for the remnant that still survives." When King Hezekiah's officials came to Isaiah, Isaiah said to them, Tell your master, this is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid of what you have heard, these words with which the underlings of the king of Assyria have blasphemed me. Listen, when he hears a certain report, I will make him want to return to his own country, and there I will have him cut down with the sword. When the field commander heard that the king of Assyria had left Lachesh, he withdrew and found the king fighting against Libna. Now, Sennacherib received a report that Tirhaka, the king of Cush, was marching out to fight him. So he again sent messengers to Hezekiah with the word, Say to Hezekiah, king of Judah, Do not let the God you depend on deceive you when he says Jerusalem will not be given into the hands of the king of Assyria. Surely you will have heard what the kings of Assyria have done to all the countries, destroying them completely. And will you be delivered? Did the gods of the nations that were destroyed by my predecessors deliver them, the gods of Gozan, Haran, Rezef, and the people of Eden who were in Tel Asar? Where is the king of Harmath, or the king of Arpad? Where are the kings of Lair, Sepharvaim, Hena, and Iva? And so we get, again, two different words being told to Hezekiah. One being told by the king Sennacherib's underlings, I love the word underling, who are basically saying, is there any reason that you should trust in your God when the gods of all of the other nations have failed them? And Isaiah, the prophet, saying, yes, there is, because the gods of the other nations were false gods, and we worship the Lord our God, the one true God. Now, it is interesting that when the messengers from Hezekiah go to Isaiah, they talk about your God. I'm wondering why they don't talk about our God, but I think there's some humility in that because there is this mention of the word remnant. Perhaps the Lord will protect his remnant, and that is what we have left 
at this point. Remember that 10 of the tribes or 11 of the tribes are gone at this point, and we won't hear from them again. They've been carried off by the Assyrians, and they exit from the stage of history. And so all we have left is Judah. And so it really is a remnant of the people of God. And if we look at the prophets, the prophet Isaiah, for instance, who comes up in this passage, who is obviously a contemporary here of Hezekiah, we will see this theme of remnant. Or remember when we had Elisha, the prophet, who was ready to die because he thought he was the last one. And God said, no, I preserved for myself, and this is in Israel, a remnant, those who are faithful to me, 7,000 people. So Hezekiah sends word to the prophet Isaiah and says, maybe God will hear the blaspheming that has been going on against him, this blasphemy that says that his hand is too short to save. And Isaiah says, don't worry about it. Don't lose sleep about it. He's going to go away. He's not going to win. He's just going to hear that something else is going on, and he's going to leave. And he does. And it's interesting because archaeologists have found a, I want to say obelisk, but I think it's a little smaller than that in what was Nineveh in Assyria, Nineveh, the capital of Assyria, that talks about Sennacherib's campaign and how he goes down and he captures all of these cities and then shuts up the Israelites or the people of Judah into Jerusalem which is what the Bible says. It, he basically gets them shut up into the city and then leaves and then ends his campaign. Continuing on, Hezekiah's prayer. Hezekiah received the letter from the messengers and read it. Then he went up to the temple of the Lord and spread it out before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed to the Lord, Lord, the God of Israel, enthroned between the cherubim, you alone are God over all the kingdoms of the earth. You have made heaven and earth. Give ear, Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, Lord, and see. Listen to the words Sennacherib has sent to ridicule the living God. It is true, Lord, that the Assyrian kings have laid waste these nations and their lands. They have thrown their gods into the fire and destroyed them, for they were not gods, but only wood and stone fashioned by human hands. Now, Lord our God, deliver us from his hand so that all the kingdoms of the earth may know you alone, Lord, our God. And, of course, it's interesting because we are reading these words in the Bible that has been preserved because God was there, because God was real, because God did interact with his people, because this is part of a longer arc of the story of God and his people. We don't sit down and read the scriptures of the Sepharvaim, unfortunately, since they're the ones who pass their children through the fire, or Lair, or Arpad, or Harmoth. And Hezekiah's prayer is, because God is different, the results will be different. And that is something that is encouraging for us to remember, because there are definitely times in our lives where we need that hand of a saving God had the Facebook post this week of a former coworker whose son was just diagnosed with leukemia. I know people are concerned about politics in this country in an upcoming election. There are many different times that we need God to intervene and to guide us. 
where we need God to intervene and change the circumstances where we find ourselves that we have no power to change. It continues, Isaiah prophesies Sennacherib's fall. Then Isaiah, son of Armah, sent a message to Hezekiah. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I have heard your prayer concerning Sennacherib, king of Assyria. This is the word that the Lord has spoken against him. Virgin daughter Zion despises you and mocks you. Daughter Jerusalem tosses her head as you flee. Who is it that you have ridiculed and blasphemed? Against whom have you raised your voice and lifted your eyes in pride? Against the Holy One of Israel. By your messengers you have ridiculed the Lord, and you have said with my many chariots, I have ascended the heights of the mountains, the utmost heights of Lebanon. I have cut down its tallest cedars, the choicest of its junipers. I have reached its remotest parts, the finest of its forests. I have dug wells in foreign lands and drunk the water there. With the soles of my feet I have dried up the streams of Egypt. Have you not heard? Long ago I ordained it. In days of old I planned it. Now I have brought it to pass that you have turned fortified cities into piles of stone. Their people drained of power are dismayed and put to shame. They are like plants in the field, like tender green shoots, like grass sprouting on the roof, scorched before it grows up. But I know where you are and when you come and go. And how you rage against me, because you rage against me, and because your insolence has reached my ears, I will put my hook in your nose, and my bit in your mouth, and I will make you return by the way you came. This will be a sign for you, Hezekiah. This year you will eat what grows by itself, and in the second year what springs from that. But in the third year sow and reap, plant vineyards and eat their fruit. Once more a remnant of the kingdom of Judah will take root below and bear fruit above. Far out of Jerusalem will come a remnant, and out of Mount Zion a band of survivors. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Therefore, this is what the Lord says concerning the king of Assyria. He will not enter this city or shoot an arrow here. He will not come before it with shield or build a siege ramp against it. By the way that he came, he will return. He will not enter this city, declares the Lord. I will defend this city and save it, for my sake and for the sake of David my servant. That night the angel of the Lord went out and put to death a hundred and eighty-five thousand in the Assyrian camp. When the people got up the next morning, there were all the dead bodies. So Sennacherib, king of Assyria, broke camp and withdrew. He returned to Nineveh and stayed there. One day, while he was worshipping in the temple of his god Nisroch, his sons Adremelech and Sharazer killed him with the sword, and they escaped to the land of Ararat, and Asarhaddon his son succeeded him as king. So God does fight for Judah. God does fight for this remnant. They don't have the strength. There is no way that Hezekiah is going to march out his army and defeat Sennacherib this king of Assyria who has conquered so many places. But God does. God has the strength to win the victory. God tells Sennacherib, I have been maneuvering you. I have been the one who raised you up, and I will see you go. I will put a hook in your nose, a bit in your mouth, and make you return. Don't think you are greater than me. And as a final exclamation point on that, 
185,000 Assyrians are killed in this one night by the angel of the Lord. Sennacherib's army is powerful. It is mighty. It's just not mightier than the army of God. When we face things that seem unsurmountable, we need to understand that God is more powerful. We need to make sure that we are on the side of God who is more powerful. We need to go to God in prayer, as Hezekiah did. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com, or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And thanks so much for listening. Have you ever considered yourself a messenger? I mean, you are called by God, and aren't we all praying the big prayer, Here I am, Lord, send me. So if we put two and two together, you've got a message to deliver, my friend. Whether it's mics like this, bookshelves around the world, stages to take, art to make, or businesses to build, it's time we start testifying truth unashamedly, creatively, and in love. My name is Tamara Andress, the host of the Messenger Movement Podcast, which is designed to catalyze Christians to speak, write, build, and testify. I use my mic like a machete, so if you don't like to get your toes stepped on or pushed off cliffs to finally jump on in with Jesus, I may be too much for you. But if you're ready to turn your message into a movement and want to run with other messengers doing the thing at scale globally, search and follow the Messenger Movement Podcast on your favorite podcast platform or lifeaudio.com today.